I'm Ken Fleck. And I'm Eric Harris. And this is Healing is in Your Hands. The purpose of this podcast is to share different perspectives on holistic healing and how you can take back your healing power. And just a reminder, please make sure to hit subscribe wherever you are listening right now and leave us a review. This allows us the ability to reach more people with our podcasts. Thank you. Today, it is a pleasure to welcome Linda Lentini. She is the Director of Healing from Within at Toibo. Toibo is a Hartford-based program that focuses on making holistic healing and stress management techniques available to everyone. She is trained in breath, body, mind, aromatherapy, and is a certified Louise Hay trainer. She shares her personal healing journey with others to share hope and resiliency. And we are excited to have her on the podcast. You will hear more about Linda after a brief word from our sponsor. Healing is in Your Hands is sponsored by Brand Fearless, social media for social good. Everything we do, we do with the idea of bringing good to the world. And Chief for Healing, using holistic healing practices to connect the mind, body, and spirit. Healing is in Your Hands is looking for sponsors who share our mission to educate and empower through holistic healing. If your business is interested in becoming a sponsor, email us at healingisinyourhands at gmail.com. Or you can click the link at the bottom of the description in your app to make a monthly donation of as little as 99 cents a month. So welcome, Linda, to the Healing is in Your Hands podcast. Thank you, Eric and Kim. It's nice to be here. It is a pleasure to have you on the podcast today, Linda. I'm really looking forward to hearing all about the work that you do at Toivo um, with Healing from Within and also learning about breath, body, mind. Awesome. Thank you so much. So how did you get your start with Toivo and uh, how did you end up becoming the director of Healing from Within? So I started with Advocacy Unlimited is the company over Toivo and Advocacy Unlimited, I started um, 12 years ago. I left a position in human resources um, after coming to a decision that um, I needed to either go with what I believe in or follow along the path of being a human resource director and um, support the company. And I needed to support people. So I left there and joined Advocacy Unlimited. Um, I started as a part-time person and I worked up to becoming the director of Recovery University, which is one of their staple programs. And then um, Toivo was created about six years ago and I was on the ground floor of helping that become Toivo. Um, It started as different names, but Toivo was created with Darren Drum, um, Calvin Young, and Hillary Bryant. And so they created Toivo in we applied for a grant through SAMHSA to do Healing From Within. And Healing From Within is um, where we wanted to integrate mind-body practices onto inpatient psychiatric units, which was a new experience for SAMHSA to ever even fund, that they wanted to integrate mind-body practices. Because a lot of times SAMHSA tends to be a very medical model, um, and they look at just things that have research behind it and that have... Um, a lot of data to support what they're doing. And we know that mind-body practices have some, and we're becoming more and more, there's a lot more research with mind-body practices today than there was five years ago when Healing From Within came out. Okay. But SAMHSA funded Healing From Within, so that's how I started forming 
healing from within under SAMHSA. Um, and the way that we started it um, was just trying to build a 45-minute group on an inpatient psychiatric unit to involve people receiving services or clients and staff. And we wanted to make sure that we had buy-in from the staff to support their stress level also to decrease their stress level. The intention was to um, introduce mind-body practices to people that A, probably have never seen it because of financial reasons or because of exposure. So we went to inner cities, greater Bridgeport and capital region and capital regions in Hartford, the north end of okay. Hartford trying to integrate these practices into places that people never heard of it. We started off with just building a 45-minute group. And because it was under SAMHSA, I had to have research behind everything I was doing. So I built a very structured 45-minute group. It started a certain way. It ended a certain way. And we had certain things in the middle. We had um, pre- and post-surveys. We had a lot of things around it. So you had to collect a lot of data in order to... Yeah, it's a data-driven. Yeah, and for any SAM, it's hard. Yeah, SAMHSA-related grants, there's a lot of paperwork that goes along with sure. it. So every single week, there was another form you had to fill out or another thing that you had to do. Now, Healing from Within is no longer under SAMHSA, but it is under DEMAS, the Department of Mental Health and Addiction Services. They don't have as much research or a lot of data behind it, but they still require some paperwork. So I still have data points that I have to meet just by bringing the program into inpatient units. So um, we've had Kelvin Young on. Mm -hmm. We love him. Yeah. Love, love, love him. Um, so the overall goal of healing from within is exposure to populations that may or may not have ever had the opportunity based on maybe exposure, like you said, but even financial restraints, right? So, yeah, that's one of the goals. The goal, the first intention was just to introduce people into mind-body practices. But the, the overall goal, and this is what we continue on, is to decrease the stress level for people receiving services and staff. So um, you can imagine what the stress level is now with COVID on inpatient units. But before that, it was really, really high. So when we were doing pre- and post-surveys of people receiving services and staff, the stress level was super high for both, exactly uh, okay. the same. And so when people are going into inpatient units, it's because they can't handle the stress out in, um, in society. So they go on to the inpatient unit for it to be a safe environment. But the stress level was just as high as it was when they were right. in society. So, it, so we were trying to decrease the stress level. And we did achieve that on every inpatient unit that we went. So for 45 minutes, at least, we were, allowed, we were able to have people step away from whatever stress was going on in the unit and just be able to be part of the group for 45 minutes. And that included staff. That's so huge for staff. Um, I worked in residential for many years mm -hmm. with um, emotionally and behaviorally challenged young people. Yeah. And I can't even imagine right now when COVID hit yeah. what it's like in those group homes, yeah. what it's like yeah. in lockup facilities that I used to be at. Yeah. Um, yeah. I used to work with St. Vincent's Home for Boys. Yeah. Um, I mean, what you're doing is so important for for the people that are getting the services that are there, you know, young 
people and older people, whoever. Mm-hmm. But so important for the staff because when the staff is not supported, right, then those people that are getting the services there lose support as well. Right. So I commend you yeah. for that. That is fantastic. Yeah, I kept trying to tell the staff because they didn't recognize that when they walked onto the unit stressed out from whatever was happening at home, sure. they brought that stress with them. So they mm-hmm. can make the unit even more stressful than it was before they walked in. And they didn't recognize right. how that impacted everything. Yeah. Also, unfortunately, a lot of inpatient units, and especially with COVID, they don't feel supported at all. Inpatient psychiatric units, they were the last to get PPE because a lot of people didn't recognize the fact that they needed PPE to walk onto the inpatient units. Wow. They really didn't feel supported and really, really frustrated. So just to be able to go on to the units, and in the beginning, when we first started the process, they didn't like to see me coming. They're like, oh, no, you can't come onto the unit. But as we built up our relationship, and then they realized that I wasn't coming there to, because I I walked in. So when I first started with the agency, I, I was an advocate. So if I walked onto a unit, I was advocating for somebody that felt like their rights were being violated. Yeah, so they get all nervous and upset already. Yeah, Exactly. So now I was walking onto the unit saying, here's my form of advocacy, because I feel like I advocate all the time. I'm trying to empower people to handle their own stress, similar to the title of your podcast. We want to empower people to heal from within. You have your inner healer. I'm trying to show you some ways to do that. And I'm giving you some, hopefully some skills that you can use while you're here. And then when you leave here because that's the whole goal. I want you to eventually leave these inpatient units. Yeah. And then transfer those things you've learned and apply it to your everyday life. That's the hard part. That's the big thing that you do as a, as an educator, as an advocate, as anybody that works in that, in that type of place. I mean, teachers do it every day, right? They, They want you to apply it somewhere else. But I can see how the staff, right, they get their feathers ruffled up in the air and and they're concerned that you're there to get them instead of help them too. you know, that's that's good that that you're able to bridge that gap, though. It's a difficult gap to bridge. Yeah. And then, you know, some of the mind body practices, people would roll their eyes going, this doesn't work or this doesn't Mm -hmm. work. The first time we ever had drumming on an inpatient unit. Everyone was like, oh, this is just noise and it's really havoc. And No, I got that. And wow. You have to make sure that when you do it, I'm not here because this gives me a headache. And we really had to bridge that gap until people are like, I absolutely love drumming. Sound healing was the same thing. Meditation, Qigong, all of it was, I had such resistance in the beginning where people are like, this doesn't work. This is all woohoo stuff. And I'm like, no, yeah. it's not. speaking because I have my own personal experience being on an inpatient unit myself. So I know that these practices keep me from going back to an inpatient unit. So I, and when I use my own personal story, they're like, Oh, so it it actually has worked. I'm like, yeah, it continues to work on a daily basis. So those are the most powerful stories there are. Yeah. Yeah. So I love healing from within. I love what it does. I wish that with COVID now it's kind of a damper because all the um, grant money is kind of going a different direction, but to introduce these practices to more restrictive settings, um, Qigong itself is such a beautiful gift to give to somebody when you teach them how to use their own body to move energy 
in an, an area where you can do it anywhere. You can do it outside. You can do it in your room. You can do it anywhere. And that's something you're empowered to do within yourself. Just, right. I absolutely wish that we could expand it into prisons. So I, I think you can. I think you, I think Kelvin talked. He touched on that a bit when he was um, on the podcast, right, Eric? Yeah, 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 he did. I mean, I think it's all about what you're talking about, bringing people awareness, but doing it slowly where they feel comfortable that they're not right. Right. I mean. I remember hearing Wally Lamb speak when I first moved to Connecticut and he talked, he had the women, it was in Madison at this little library Mm -hmm. um, that he had worked with and how even for him, it was a slow process at first, gaining trust, making people realize that this process and what he was doing was really for their benefit and for the staff's benefit as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. As a future speaker, I don't know if you know Robin Cullen. No, I don't. Yeah, so you could have her. She was actually one of the um, original women that met with Wally to build um, the writing in in Niantic. She's one of the Oh, really? What's her last name? Cullen? Cullen. Cool. All right. Well, this is this is awesome. Yeah, making more connections, you know, and and it's like that's how I got connected with you, Linda, yeah. too, through, you know, through Craig, you know, and Toivo and stuff. And yeah. I don't even know how, I don't know if I started working there because of you or because of Craig. I don't remember, yeah. but, you know, just doing, doing some Qigong for them and stuff. And, um, you know, I was doing it in a rehab facility before the pandemic and everything, you know, and then, you know, since the pandemic, I've been doing some of these videos for your YouTube channel, which has been really fun. So, yeah. yeah. We can provide the the link to the YouTube channel to the listeners um, and put it in the podcast notes so they can connect to those videos that you have over there, Eric, for Toivo. Yeah, I mean, um, Healing From Within, we're on an inpatient unit. So in March of this year, we were asked not to come back. So we couldn't go on to the inpatient units, obviously. So we did the next best thing as we're creating videos and trying to send the videos in for people receiving services and staff. Unfortunately, technology is not something that they're in, you know, up to speed with on inpatient units. So not a lot of the people receiving services are seeing the videos, but the staff are. And just recently, uh, I had somebody say that the drumming at the end of their day, they listen to the drumming before they go home. So they let go of all the stress that they just gathered inside of them before they go home. And then the Qigong and the meditation that they do that before they go home. And I'm like, well, that's a perfect way to do it, you know, because yeah. you carry that energy of what happened at work with you um, to home. One thing I did in the meantime is I put some on a disc because they have DVD players, but only yeah. a couple because I don't, I don't want to overload them. So I want a couple of DVDs I sent for people to show the people receiving services. Do they have community rooms where you could have a a large screen playing a YouTube? Yeah. So they don't have access to YouTube. So um, YouTube has been banned. Um, The IT department has put a block on YouTube. That's unfortunate. Yep. So there's a number of things they can't use while they're on the inpatient unit. So the DVD and um, trying to get a smartphone just for on the inpatient units that they can pull up a YouTube videos is what we're working on right now. And so one of the other things I'm doing is creating a book. So I'm doing a healing from within book with instructions. 
So if you wanted to do a Qigong practice, here's instructions on doing the flowing motion. If you wanted Mm. to do some drumming, you could take the bottom of a garbage can and do some drumming. Here's instructions on doing that. Yeah. Wow. So um, I can't bind the book with staples. It It can be bound only in certain ways. So we're working on that too. But whatever way we can be creative to try to bring the information in is what we're trying to do. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great. And another part of it, see, I can keep going with this stuff. I love this. Uh, (laughs) Is that people receiving services. So I could say to you, Eric, okay, this is what I like to do. Um, So when you're on an inpatient unit, that's your home. So I'm walking into your home, Eric, and I'm saying, this is what I'd like to do as part of the group. Eric could say, well, I don't want that. I don't like that. You know, this is my home. You're interfering with my home. So getting feedback from people receiving services is crucial because I need to know what is good for you, not what's good for me. Yeah. So because of COVID, I'm not allowed to go onto the unit, so I can't interact with anybody receiving services. So I created a one-page flyer of what kind of feedback can you give me? And I said, here, hand this to everybody, um, 200 and I think it's 280 people, hand this to everybody on the inpatient units right now and ask them for their feedback and give it back to me. So any way that I can get feedback, I I just want feedback. It's a fluid situation. It is. You just have to go with the flow, whichever, whatever they say, you're like, okay, that's fine. I'll make it work. We will be right back after a brief word from our sponsor. Our sponsor, Ralphie's Retreat, has a new book out on Amazon titled Mighty Milo Meets the Problem Virus, written and illustrated by Cheryl Johnson, dedicated to all cats and those who love them, and to Woo Kitty. Milo the cat wants to spread love and compassion, but strange tiny invaders start showing up all over the country. What can a smart feline do to help out his human friends? This is a story about how Milo saves the day with a little help from an unexpected friend. Way to go, Milo. All proceeds from this book go towards Ralphie's Retreat and Feline Leukemia. Look for the book link in the episode notes. Just recently, and you mentioned Craig. So Craig, we've been doing these informational sessions on the campus. So we're not allowed to go in the building. So um, last month I asked Craig, I said, can we go on the campus and can you just do some drumming saying thank you to the essential staff as they walk in and when they're leaving. So we did. Oh, that's cool. I love it. Yeah. We're like, thank you. Thank you. At seven o'clock we handed coffee at three o'clock. We handed them chocolate and said, thank you. Wow. That's really nice. Yeah. We just did it a couple of days ago. And at the afternoon session, um, some of the patients or people receiving services were going out to get fresh air. So they came out to join the drumming and just listen. And they started dancing and it was wonderful. I love it. All these little ways that we're just trying to get back in going, we could still bring this stuff in. We're just going to look it out. Yeah. So let's uh, let's go in a little different direction. I know you wanted to talk a little bit about the breath, body, mind practice, and so we and we really want to know um, how you were introduced to the breath, body, mind practice, and how has it impacted your life? 
So breath, body, mind, um, under healing from within, I wanted to create the 45 minute group based off some kind of practices that had research behind it, that had evidence base behind it. So I was introduced to Dr. Gabarg and Dr. Brown who created breath, body, mind or the healing power of the breath. Um, so there is a book, it's called The Healing Power of the Breath. They wrote a book about how we can use our breath to actually heal us. What a novel concept, <laughs> right? I went to Kripalo for their introductory course, um, and I was introduced to them. And me being a person that has fought the mental health system for a very long time has a difficult time listening to two psychiatrists and believing a word that they say. So <laughs> I really had to go in with going, okay, okay, what they're saying means something. After the introductory course, it was a three-day course. I was, it was, I changed my mind about everything. Even though I still have the psychiatrist thing with both of them, the impact it made me feel. So a little bit about myself. I've I've experienced um, trauma from a very young age. So my sense of safety inside my own body is not something that I ever even entertained that I would see again. Or I don't know what it felt like when I was younger. Um, but I do know I haven't felt it in years. So after the first weekend of three days of doing breath, body, mind, so they do coherent breathing, which is slowing your breath down to five breaths per minute. They do gentle movement, which is Qigong, based off of Robert Pang's Four Golden Wheels and other Qigong practices. And then meditation, which is open focus meditation. And combine all three of those together my sense of safety felt so much different. Um, when I first started the practices, there was so much anger that came up inside of me. And it was just, I had a hard time sleeping. And I kept going back going, this isn't making me feel any better. And Dr. Brown just kept saying, you just have to get through some of the stress that you have. You have built up stress on your system. Once you get through that, you'll feel better. So I believed him and I just kept doing the practices and they suggest doing 20 minutes of coherent breathing, some gentle movement and meditation every day. So I just kept doing it. I went to the level one and then level two, and now I've done level three. And it is the one thing after years of therapy, after years of trying medication, after being diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, you know, all these different things have happened to me. This is the one thing that I've noticed has made the biggest difference in my life in two years. I've only been doing it since 2018. And it's just a combination of feeling okay inside my body. So you do um, using your imagination to move your breath to different parts of your body. And just like progressive muscle relaxation, I never wanted to go anywhere like inside my body. Don't ask me to check in inside my body because I didn't want to feel, I wasn't able to, it didn't feel safe enough. Okay. When I, once I started doing this practice over and over and over again, I started feeling safe going inside my body. I love the Qigong movements um, of the moving energy. Swimming dragon is one of my favorite ones. It's not one that I teach because I don't want to teach that one, but I love doing that. There's just a whole bunch of different things that I have been able to explore within myself by doing breath, body, mind. And it, it kind of goes along with what I've believed in for many years, that we have the ability within ourselves to heal ourselves. 
So our breath is always with us. Our body is always with us. Our mind is always with us. So those three things, if we use them to our advantage and figure out how we can use these base parts of ourselves to heal ourselves, what a wonderful gift we're giving to ourselves. And so I'm passionate about that, being able to share that with other people, um, because I feel like it's you don't have to follow a guru. You don't have to sign up for this this major $1,000 thing a week. It's something that once you learn, you just can do on your own over and over again. I volunteer for um, with Breath, Body, Mind a lot on the weekends just to support all the things that they're doing because they keep trying to give back to different places and not charge just because they want people to tap into their own healer. So if you were to tell like someone listening right now, one of our listeners, a way that they could use breath, body, mind practice um, in their own lives, like what, what would be a way that they could apply it in their own lives? Like, like I do Qigong okay. um, and have since I started in 2012 with, with Dr. Wu yeah. and it has had a, a huge yeah. impact in a good way in my life. Yeah. Um, Eric does it. I think every single day, I, I yeah. probably, I probably do it about three or four times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of people are resistant to apply these practices in their lives because they don't think it's practical. They're just going to kind of, they don't see how they have time for it yet. They have time for, you know, Netflix nonstop or, <laughs> and, and no judgment, you know, no judgment yeah. if, if, if that's your jam rock on. But um, at the same time to help yourself, and, and really get quiet and do these different practices um, that don't cost you anything. Right. You know, so maybe you have a tip for them on how they could apply this to their life. I know Eric and I have given many tips on how they can apply mm-hmm. this to their life. Maybe, maybe yours would be the golden nugget. <laughs> the thing that whenever I do a self-care um, workshop for staff, I always tell them that, Where on your list of priorities today is your self-care? And no one ever raises their hand and says, it's it's on my list. You know, everyone always says it's not on my list today. So, okay, so what on your list can you take five minutes away from? And just start with five minutes. So if that means five minutes of a breath practice, if that means five minutes of watching a comedy and laughing so you feel better, if that means five minutes of sitting still, closing your door, And even if it has to be your bathroom and locking the bathroom door, step away for five minutes. Find a way to carve out five minutes for yourself. And then if that feels good, build on that. And so it doesn't have to be, so I found breath, body, mind. Um, Eric, you do Qigong. Kim, you do something else. You do Qigong and other things. Whatever it is, find something that works for you and build on that. Absolutely. Don't take care of ourselves at the end you know, they say about the oxygen mask when you're on an airplane, if you don't put it on yourself, you can't save anyone else. How am I going to care for another person if I can't care for myself? Yeah. And, if it- and the givers, the givers need to hear that the most, especially during a time right now where they're being depleted yeah. and they're forgetting self-care. I'm watching. Yeah. You know, some yeah. of the most beautiful souls I know who have so many talents and I'm going, are they are they forgetting self care yeah. them now if they're forgetting yeah. then right so i think that's a beautiful piece of advice yeah. you know 
Definitely. And it was easy with COVID for all of us that were working on our computer. There was no break. So I was working my full-time job. I was helping out over here. I was doing this. I never left my computer. Mm. So hour after hour, and it just, it, it changes the way that you feel when you're on Zoom calls or if you're on yes, it does. Mars, it yeah. changes the chemistry inside of me. So I, Dr. Brown actually suggested that when we do workshops, every 45 minutes, you take a break. There's a woman. Her name is Prune Harris. I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but check her out on YouTube. I was introduced to her by my holistic veterinarian, who I'm very tight with, uh, Dr. Amy Matthews. And I watched her, and that's exactly what she talked about. And a lot of it has to do with right here, yeah. where in your throat, pointing to my throat, I was having, um, I, as I expressed before, a lot of throat issues yeah. on a lot of Zoom calls that were going two, two and a half hours long. Yeah. And she was saying, after 40, you have to get out of that direct line. Or to wear organic, I have scarves, um, organic type of fabric that is uh, around your throat area and not to be exposed. And to go outside and do, Eric, you do this all the time, grounding yourself barefoot in the grass. Oh, yeah. Um, And making sure you do this, like, like carving out these 5, 10, 15, if possible, 30 minutes yeah. of getting away from device. And I say that as someone who works in social media. Yeah. So I have devices going off left and right from on my wrist to my phone to the laptop to whatever. Yeah. Um, but it is affecting me. And people were pointing it out to me, just like you just said, like, you seem drained and you have ADHD. ADHD people don't normally look drained, right? Yeah. We don't recognize the impact that social media, the screens are doing to us. It really is impacting how we feel. I I know for me, it's impacting how I feel. So, Yeah, this balance, right? It's all about balance. And I always say, like my, for me, I say social media for social good. That is what my business does. But even with that, it can be too much. And this is when we can use our devices for our good. If you put timers on, so I have a smartwatch, you know, I have an Apple watch, I have it go off for 45 minutes and it tells me I need to get away from the, the screen for a while. Yep. So I step away yeah. from the screen for 15 minutes and then I come back. And does yeah. that mean I work a little longer? Yes, because I still have a lot to do, but that's okay. At least it does break up that. I don't know what it is. It almost feels like a lack of connection when I spend too much time on a screen. Yeah. 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 And you know what? Ultimately, you're going to be more productive by taking a break. Yep. You know what I mean? You're on the time when you can focus in, you know, when you get burnout mm-hmm. and it, you're not going to be able to do what you need to do. So it's it, it makes more sense to, you know, stop, take a break. And, you know, it's it's funny how like people that smoke cigarettes, I think part of it for them, it's even more taking the break than oh, actually yeah. smoking a cigarette, you know? So, and, um, and we all, you know, we don't need to have to smoke cigarettes to take a break, yeah. you know, <laughs> like yeah. we I can think we're, do something healthy for ourselves. And we're we're trained, ourselves. but we're trained from such a young age to go, 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 do, 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 strive, 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 do more. You're a slacker if you don't work this hard or um, you're not going to get anywhere if you, you know, and I think there's a yeah. lot of people that really still believe in that mindset that that they can't take a break because if they take a break, then Patty or Joe or whoever is going to run past them and they're going to, you know, and they don't see that they're hurting themselves. It's becoming so disconnected um, that stress it seems like a normal thing that everyone just, well, you know, it's okay. 
somebody mentioned that we're, we're addicted to stress, that it's important for us to feel this way because we're addicted to feeling this way. I think it's become such a normal thing to feel that a lot of people get caught up in it and they stay in stress, um, afraid that if you let your guard down, that something's going to happen. You know, the other shoe's going to fall. Somebody's going to get ahead. I'm not going to get what I need for me. But it's interesting because I think of um, Dr. Wayne Dyer is like a hero yeah. of mine. And I, I went and, and had seen him speak. And, and I did. I loved him because he was so um, articulate and down to earth yeah. where everyone understood. And when you were just speaking, I immediately popped into my head of him saying, stress doesn't really exist. Because if I asked you to go get a bucket of stress... Yeah. You couldn't bring it to me. Right. Where it exists is within one's mind and one's body. Right. So your response and what you're having is to something that actually you can't physically show me. You know, and that's always stuck with me that he said that. So if I'm like thinking, oh, I'm stressed, I'm like, no, no, it's whatever I'm thinking. It's the 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 things that I'm formulating within my mind that are now affecting my body on a physical level, which are now making me feel horrible on top of emotional, right? So here's your emotional mind body connect. Yeah. Stress doesn't really exist except we've made it a buzzword to create it within society. And I think that's interesting, right? Yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, yeah. we've created it and yeah, I like that. Like you can't get a bucket of it. Yeah, you can't. Like, You're right. You know, and so why do we own it so much? You know, why don't we own a bucket of you can't get joy? Yeah. 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 Right? Wouldn't that be different? Well, we could change it. Instead of saying stress, we'll say that we're going to get our bucket of joy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Wouldn't that be beautiful? You know? <laughs> and then instead, and then you can just grab everything that gives you joy and say, here's my physical joy. Yeah. And you have yeah. your animals and your family and your partners and your, right? And yeah, I just wh- think that that would be, is. Yeah, yeah, that would change yeah. that, change it up a bit. I think we should do that. I love right? that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I remember, um, when I was working at the Collaborative in, in Lawrence, Massachusetts, I, I did a lot of art therapy things in my classroom. Yeah. And where I, ha- I remember I had the students, they were in middle school, and I had them uh, outline their body mm-hmm. and then cut all the holes within the body with, where they were missing something from their, their trauma and their experiences. Mm-hmm. And then we would fill them with these beautiful flowers we made. Oh, very nice. You know, so instead of, you know, the same idea, the same concept of, um, not that it doesn't exist, but we can feel it with something else. Yeah. Not that it does. Not that it never happened, but that we can change how we respond to what happened. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I like the idea of that. I particularly love that um, you're a Louise Hay trainer. Yeah. Um, I saw that when Eric sent over your bio to me. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting Louise Hay. Yeah. Um, in New York City. Yeah, and she was a. Uh, a feisty lady. Yes. I think there's a lot to Louise Hay that people may not have always, you know, like as she was getting older too, and you have all these lines going down and she was signing books. Um, but Eric and I are both huge Hay House fans. Yeah. So like, what's the process to become a trainer? I, I'm curious. I actually became a trainer the year that she passed away. So it, oh. it, well, she was supposed to come to our training, but she was not feeling well. And then she passed away later on that year. On Wayne Dyer's same day. I know. Crazy. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, They were connected. They were definitely connected. Right. You have to go through a training um, for a week to actually use the material. So I offer weekend workshops, Louise Hay workshops. 
So you kind of explore stuff that's going on inside of you so you could let it go and move forward. And that's what I really enjoy about Louise. Hey, it's not about us dwelling about stuff that happened in the past. It's about us moving forward. And that's where I try to really focus my time is I don't want to worry about what happened yesterday. I want to just move forward. But I also recognize I'm bringing yesterday with me. So how can I let yesterday go a little bit more to actually be present in today and tomorrow? So it's a week-long training. There's only a certain number of trainers that are in the United States um, that can do that training. And it's an amazing training. I went through it and came out a different person. I cried and cried. Sure. Um, I, I, my heart was wide open when I came home and I, I really enjoyed the fact that that's where it started my process of really opening my heart. When I noticed that if I keep my heart open in life, I have a better experience with life. If I close my heart then I have, I'm not actually present in the moment. So it's an amazing training. If you ever want to go, I can, uh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I would definitely consider that I, she is a, beautiful example of being able to move through life through a lot of trauma. Yes. Well, I just want to thank you, Linda, um, for coming on and sharing all of these beautiful um, things with our listeners, with us. I'm definitely going to follow up with you when... COVID's going to go away yes, it and it, it will go away. And I will follow up with you about doing this Louise. Hey, awesome. um, thing. I would love to do that for training. Um, I'd love yeah. to do that too. Yeah. yeah. We should do it together and we should do a podcast about it. That would be awesome. We should go together, but make sure you're not in the same groups because then you can add, I honestly yeah. told people that I would never see again. Some of them I still see, but told them things I've never told anyone. So can you imagine yeah. being able to say whatever you wanted and not worry about it? It was wonderful, a wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know a bunch of people who would love to do this. Yeah. And I think it's really vital, um, not just this training thing, but everything you've talked about on on the podcast today, that um, you're doing this during not only pre-COVID, but mm-hmm. you're still trying to do it in the middle of COVID. Oh, yeah. And I know you'll still be doing it when it's over. So um, I thank you for that. And thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much, Kim and Eric. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it was great. So yeah, can you um, can you share with our listeners where they can find you, like on the internet and social media and stuff? So I have a Healing From Within Facebook page. It's called Linda HFW. And so you can find me on Facebook. I also have a TikTok, uh, Linda Healing From Within TikTok. Yep. So I started doing- No, you don't. I do. Oh, (laughs) I am a TikTok. Okay, we need, yes. You'll find me on TikTok. Okay, on TikTok. So my, I, I lost interest with Facebook a little bit and started going on TikTok because my 18-year-old is on there, and I love it. So I'm on TikTok. You're with the times, Linda. You're with the times. Very good. <laughs> so you can also email me at L-L-E-N-T-I-N-I at toivocenter.org. And you can go to Toivo Center. Um, we have an app. We also have a Facebook page. We have a lot of offerings at Toivo that you can do virtual yoga classes, virtual Qigong classes. Um, we're actually having a live drumming session coming up. So we have a lot of cool things, either virtual or live. 
So yeah, we'll put all those links in the show notes for, for you guys. So Perfect. All right, listeners, have you ever utilized holistic healing and stress management techniques in your life? If so, let us know. You can use the Anchor app to leave us an audio message or use your phone's voice memo app to record a message and email it to us at healingisinyourhands at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and you may hear yourself on a future episode of Healing is in Your Hands. Now it's time for a special meditative moment with Linda sharing some grounding techniques with us. So I invite you to sit back, relax, close your eyes, lower your eyelids, or find a spot to unfocus your gaze, and take a nice, relaxing breath in and out. Another relaxing breath in and out. Now we invite you to bring your awareness to the bottom of your feet. And as your awareness is on the bottom of your feet, I invite you to think of this moment. Be present in this moment. Feeling how your feet feel pressed against the earth, the ground. Releasing what happened prior to this moment. Not worrying about the next moment just being here. Now I invite you to move your awareness up to your heart. And as your awareness is on your heart, I invite you to say to yourself, I am happy. I am healthy. I am safe and filled with love and kindness. Now I invite you to move that awareness from your heart to everyone's heart you're going to interact with today, sharing love and kindness with your thoughts, your actions, and your words. And imagine silently saying to everyone you encounter, we are happy. We are healthy. We are safe and filled with love and kindness. Now I invite you to extend it one step further from your heart to everyone's heart that blankets this world, everyone that walks on this earth with us, sharing love and kindness. And imagine silently sending that energy out to everyone's heart on this planet and saying, we are all happy. We are all healthy. We are all safe and filled with love and kindness. Now I invite you to bring your awareness back on your heart and think of an intention that you want to set for the rest of your day. Allowing that intention to go from your heart to your head, connecting what's in your heart to your words, to your actions, to your thoughts.
And as you continue on with your day, reminding yourself gently to keep your heart open as you walk through your day. And take a nice, relaxing breath in and out. And you could gently make some movements, stretching like you're waking up from a mini nap. Rolling your wrists, opening your eyes, coming back to the environment you started this practice in. And if you haven't already, you can go ahead and open your eyes. Thanks for joining us. As always, follow us on all our social platforms, Facebook and Instagram, Healing is in Your Hands, Twitter, Healing is in You 1, and of course on Snapchat at Feral20 and Earthwalker11. Production of Healing is in Your Hands is by Andrea Moraskin, with musical interludes by Craig Norton. Remember to subscribe and tell your friends, and if you have a minute, rate and review Healing is in Your Hands on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Until next time, friends, I'm Kim Fleck. And I'm Eric Harris. And remember that healing is in your hands. Mm-hmm.